clap, clap. Okay. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Paranormal Misfit Podcast. I am your host, Chrissy, and I'm here to talk about all things horror, macabre, uh, paranormal, cryptids, and everything in between. So cozy up in your favorite spot with a hauntingly delicious drink and listen along. All right, so we have made it past Turkey Day. And we are now getting into the midst of the holiday season, right? Right? Yeah? Yeah? Okay. So, as we all know, with the holiday season, you get all sorts of movies and stories and all that stuff, right? So, I always thought, how in the hell did A Christmas Carol get so popular, right? It's got ghosts, it's got Ebenezer Scrooge, all the shit, right? So, anyways... So, of course, you know, during this time, you got you got the stories like A Christmas Carol written by Charles Dickens uh, that's shared, read, and even watched. Um, I know I've watched it in Disney form, animation form. Did they, did they do a live? I think there's a live action. I don't know. It's not really my favorite. I get kind of bored. But anyways, so how in the hell did stories of ghosts become a tradition of Christmas time? So, as we all know, the winter solstice is a time where the days are darker longer, and obviously it's fucking cold, unless you live in Florida. We're only about one alone now. Um, During this time of year, it is said, just like Samhain, to be another liminal time of the year where the veil between the worlds is um, at its thinnest. It's said that scary storytelling gave people something to do during this time in the evenings, long before electricity. So sharing these stories really took off in the Victorian England time period and became a tradition in the late 1800s to the early 1900s. The Victorians were really into the macabre and were known for their drawing room seances. (laughs) Going from orally sharing stories to being printed during this time, really heighten the popularity of these stories. The steam-powered printing press made it possible to commercialize um, and obviously profit from it. Part of the immense success also came from the fact that people were literate and interested in reading in their free time. Popularity of these types of stories transcended socioeconomic statuses, and women of the upper class would show show off their collection of these stories on their coffee tables. Writers like Charles Dickens played a huge part in popularizing this genre in England. His novella, Christmas Story, was just one of the few that he wrote. While Dickens' novella was a success in America, and even writers such as Henry James and Edgar Allan Poe wrote stories revolving around hauntings, ghosts, and the cob, this tradition wasn't widely, wasn't as widely accepted as it was in England. So during the holiday season and after, many of the stories published within the magazines were actually written by women. Aside from the stories shared, Victorians also sent shockingly morbid Christmas cards as well as a means to start conversation. Go figure. (laughs) Uh, The legend of good old Saint Nick was much, much more sinister than he is now. He was considered kind of the good cop, bad cop, um, paired up with a devil figure with the devil on figuring out if children were naughty or not. Um, another kind of good cop, bad cop scenario with Santa Claus would be Santa or St. Nick and Krampus, which I'll talk about in another episode. Um, 
So there's uh, something written by Jerome K. Jerome K. Jerome in 1981 in the Told After Supper that there must be something ghostly in the air of Christmas, something about the close, muggy atmosphere that draws up the ghosts, like the dampness of a summer rain brings out the frogs and the snails. Not only do the ghosts themselves always walk on Christmas Eve, but live, but live people always sit and talk about them on Christmas Eve. Whether it's five or six English people meeting around the fire on Christmas Eve, they start telling each other ghost stories. And nothing satisf satisfies us on Christmas Eve but to hear each other tell authentic antidotes about specters. Uh, in this festive season, and we love to muse upon graves and dead bodies and murders and blood. For ghost stories to be told at any other evening other than the evening of the 24th of December would be impossible in the English society society as a present wreck as at present regulated. So the cool thing was, um, we have this really, I live, I don't know, like five minutes away from it. It's kind of dangerous. My husband definitely had um, a little panic attack whenever I went in there. But um, so we live near, it's called Chamberlain Bookmine. Uh, they have new books, old books, kind of like a thrift store for book lovers, right? And I found, and I, this is awesome. This is actually what uh, kind of got me wanting to go down this path, aside from obviously Charles Dickens and his story always coming out every Christmas. <laughs> but um, so I have this Victorian's ghost story, an Oxford um, anthology. And it was really cool because they're really interesting stories. And it's not necessarily that they all kind of take like that, that spin the way um, Dickens does his, where it's just about Christmas and someone, you know, come to Jesus moment, I guess. Um, but <laughs> they were fun stories. So, you know, popular stories of this time period, obviously some of the top sellers were Charles Dickens' A Christmas Story, Elizabeth Gaskell's The Old Nurse's Story, Jan Margaret Hooper's uh, Bring Me a Light and E.F. Benson's Between the Lights. And I'm going to see if I can find. thought I still had it up. Might not. Anyone ever search for a lot of stuff on their phone? I know I do. Far too much. Let's see that again. Here we go. All right. So the website is. Um, where am I? Uh, Charterhawk School of Folklore and the Fantastic. So 10 Spooky Ghost Stories at Ghost Time. Um, so you can also find a Smithsonian article uh, by Colin Dickey called A Plea to Resurrect the Christmas Tradition of Telling Ghost Stories, and I'm totally for it. Um, it was made its rounds around Facebook. This was back in 2019. Uh, let's see. If they have any listed, obviously, at Christmas carols. Okay, so here is um, a little excerpt from the old nurse's story by Elizabeth Gaskell. It's written in 1852, and it's a classic Gothic Victorian ghost story, um, replete with ancestral secrets, organ music, and a seriously haunted house. So it says, I turned towards the long, narrow windows, and there, sure enough, I saw a little girl, less than my Miss Rosamond dressed all unfit to be outdoors 
out of doors such a bitter night crying and beating against the window panes as if she wanted to be let in. She seemed to sob and wail till Miss Rosamond could bear no longer and was flying to the door to open it when all of a sudden and close upon us the great organ pealed out so loud and thundering. It fairly made me tremble and all the more when I remembered me that even in the stillness of that dead cold weather I had heard no sound of little battering hands upon the window glass although the phantom child had seemed to put forth all of its force. And although I had seen it wail and cry, no faintest touch of sound had fallen upon my ears. Whether I remember all at this very moment, I do not know. The great organ sound had so stunned me into terror, but this I know, I caught up Miss Rosamond before she got to the hall door opened and clutched her and carried her away kicking and screaming into the large bright kitchen where Dorothy and Agnes were busy with their mince pies. So that's one. Um, the one from Jane Margaret Hooper in 1861 called Bring Me a Light. So this one is <laughs> Snow White Stepmother's Got Nothing on the Vengeful Lady Henrietta. The story details of how her evil deeds poisoned her family home for generations. And this one says she paced to and fro, turning and returning, turning and returning with savage, stealthy quickness. The day waned and the night began. Her servant came to see if she was, if she were wanted and was sent away with a haughty negative. She is busy with some wicked thought, murmured the old woman. So yeah, um, really excited. The book that I have, and I'm going to link that below because... It has excerpts from different stories, but also links to the the longer stories, right? Yeah, this one's awesome. This one has like, I don't even know how many Victoria's Ghost stories. <laughs> I started it a little bit, got really excited, and then had to put it down. Um, let's see, 35. This one has 35. Um, highly recommend. Pretty fucking awesome. And I know this one, the episodes are kind of short, but... um. You know, why not kick off about why Victorians loved ghost stories at Christmas time? So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Um, like I said, I will link the website that I found the stories on um, in the show notes. And then, as always, make sure to like, follow, subscribe, and share this podcast. You can always check out the episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you stream this from. Um, hopefully by the beginning of next year, I'll be up on YouTube, which will be fun. You can always connect with me on Instagram at paranormal misfit podcast, or you can always shoot me an email at paranormal misfit pod at gmail.com. If you really enjoyed the episodes or would like to support this podcast, please feel free to buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com, which will also be linked down below, uh, in the show notes and happy holidays, everyone. And see you at the next episode. Have a great night.